Welcome to Vanguard Garage Gaming. My name's Reese. I'm joined by Monty, and we are your vanguards for Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings by Parabellum. Mate, how you doing? Hey, yo. I'm well. How are you? I am great, mate. Mate, that <laughs> sounds uh... so... Look, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> it's, been a, and... <laughs> it's been a long day today, but at the very least, I am great. <laughs> I am feeling about as tired as the 10-year-old Border Collie who was passed out at my feet. And he... <laughs> long like someone shot him. And he ain't moving. Jeez. He goes, Dad, yep, you, you do your thing, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to do my thing. And I will um... exist right here where you left me. <laughs> Mate, I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, well, for everyone, for everyone who's joined us, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, for the new people, hello. Um, I'm the enigmatic Monty who can take seven words to say something where probably two would do. Um, and my partner in crime is the grizzled veteran of a hundred battles, Mr. Reese King. Hey, oh. Mate, I feel like I feel like we haven't t spoken for a while, but at the same time, I know that we have. But it just feels like an age. Um, what have you been working on, man? Because I, 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 the last I saw, you were building uh, what felt like the four hundredth box of Wadruin Braves. <laughs> Look, it <laughs> maybe not the four hundredth, maybe the yeah. fourth to sixth. Uh, what am I on? <laughs> um, I know because I'm still like because I've I've got like a staggered. Some are being built, some are being painted, some are being primed. Yep. Um, so I think I'm my fifth fifth box at the moment, um, and it's it's not bad, but it's it's a lot of infantry. And and you know, unlike when I did my force grown drone, you know, bulk infantry, it's not just a simple one little color tone in a wash. <laughs> uh, you know, these boys are about seventeen times larger than the brute drones. I mean, I know that's a physical impossibility, but it feels that way. Um, <laughs> and you could barely lift the plastic. It's so heavy. So they are chonk. Yeah, uh, nice. chonk incarnate. They're real good models. They're beautiful sculpts. I, I think Parabellum's done a, a particularly fantastic, uh, fantastic job. I mean, I, as you know, I play orcs in, in multiple different game universes. <laughs> um and I, I was saying to the chat earlier that I, I actually think these are the very best orc models I own out of anything. Um yeah. and it's they not... are they are very good models just overall. Like because I've got some Wadruin on my bench as well. I've been painting up some raptors and some of the heroes, and the model um quality is phenomenal. So yeah, what oh, uh Parabellum have best. definitely done a really good job on them. Yeah, the best. And it just takes time, you know. It, with models, with models these good, you, I feel it would be remiss to just do a a quick one one color, two color wash. I just, I feel like I'm gonna do a little bit of time. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's driving me a little bit insane with a, a three year old that doesn't quite give me the time that I want. But look, we will get there, and we will we will take some names and cause some tears on the table eventually. Huzzah! I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And how about you? What are you uh, what are you hobbying? Um, well, other than the, so I've got a bunch of Wadruin on my table. Uh, I also have what still feels like an eternity of Nords to paint, um, but they're slowly getting there. Um, mm. But no, at the moment, I've just been sort of, you know, fluffing around with different, like, sort of one-off models. So I painted the Sign of Conquest preview model. I painted up a Matriarch Queen, and I painted up a Raptor Rider, just to sort of see what colours I could do on the Wadruin army. Uh, and mm -hmm. then I have a Wadruin Warband box sitting there to uh, that, that you know promptly followed what I think is a, a half-decent paint job. So 
I mean, I've got all of that to do at some point, but <laughs> it's uh, it's on the list. Yes. It's on the list. <laughs> Look, that's that's quite a large list. Um, yes, it is. And speaking of large lists, we have quite a bit to cover today. We do have a few things to talk about. Yeah, man, we've um, we, we've come up with a spicy little uh, episode here for everybody. So hopefully you'll all enjoy it as we uh, natter on like we normally do. <laughs> um, absolutely. Look, I there's a couple of things we wanted to cover. Uh, I think primarily we wanted to sort of do a bit of a a bit of a look and scope at what the I guess quote unquote meta is sort of settling on, at least in our area. And we sort of did a little bit of of investigative work through the week, looking at uh, some some vanguards. But I, I spoke um, to a little bit of of a fantastic um, American vanguard. I think in Ohio, uh, Judge Worm. People might know him. Um, a fellow war um, warbred and woodrun aficionado like myself. Although I'm not quite as as uh, as mad as him to have my profile picture. Just a, a ginormous woodrun brave. I think it is. Um, <laughs> could be a blooded. Could be a chief. I'm not too sure. Um, but he is the chief. Anyway, so chatting to him, and then of course we've we've haven't stopped nattering amongst ourselves as to I guess where. Where the competitive game has gone over the last six months, because it's been a hot minute since we really sat down and I guess just objectively went over, I guess relative power levels of of the forces. Mm. Very true, very true. It has and I definitely gone. feel like it's changed. Yeah, and I think especially with a few of the more recent releases, sort of even as far back as the mm. Fireforge for the Dwegom, um, the the sort of more recent stuff like the Hunter Cadre uh, and the even up to as new as the Incarnate Sentinels, which we haven't seen here in um, Australia yet, or at least not locally here um, in Brisbane. So that's a thing that's sort of on the very immediate horizon, which could still shake up a little bit as well. But our most mm. recent release in that sense would be what the trolls for the Nords? Trolls and bow chosen, yeah. The trolls yeah, and bow chosen, and then the and then the hunter cadre for the hundred k. So yeah, 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 and the longbowman. But uh, but yeah, I think yeah, we'll go through we'll go through sort of where the the tree sits, and of course you know Wadrun have entered that mix. Mm, um, yes. You know, since we last sort of went through there, Wadrun has entered that mix, um, quite quite well. Um, so we can sort of make a little comment as to as to where they sort of stack up. Um. Yeah, low, got, low sample um, sizes. Yeah, we we haven't seen a lot of people. I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a cheap enough army points wise that building up a decent force is a lot of models. Um, I taught a a man at Irresistible Force on Saturday how the chance system worked because he was uh, struggling a little bit with that. Um, and then I ran him through. Oh, I think it was about the first six turns of a game, um, mm. just to sort of show how it all stacks up. But yeah, so. There's definitely some Wadruin coming, um, and it'll be really good to see them sort of in our meta as it evolves. I mean, yourself, mate, you've got, well, you'll have 2,000 points as soon as the Warbred hit our shelves, so um, yeah. that's that's just a, a mere waiting game at the moment. Um, but yeah, if I'm it'll... honest, I'll, I'll have 2,000 points before the Warbred hit our shelves, <laughs> which is a little bit of a concern, but but that's okay. Look, we'll 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 forge ahead, and and I'm okay. Sort of, you know, I mean, that's like when I really truly love a faction, like I love the Woodrun. Um, it's an absolute match made in heaven. It was feel like I was born. I feel like I was born to play this army. <laughs> um, you know, you don't mind getting the whole range and multiple so that you can 
essentially mix and match to your heart's content um, and, and, and just go nuts. So, yeah, look, yeah. Happy, happy to play them. Um, I'm very excited to play my sort of my Braves and Blooded combo with a couple of Hero Hammer, Hero Hammer shenanigans. Uh, yep. um, they, they will be fun times. But yeah. look, mate, let's 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 take our mind back. Let's cast our cast our gazes to the to the nether regions of time and space itself <laughs> to about eight or nine months ago. Mm. Um, before there were trolls, before there were bow chosen, before there was hunter cadre there mm. was four fledgling factions struggling to break out of the sun yep. um and i think to me there was one prime winner um and that oh, prime wouldn't, winner wouldn't happen to be the spires would it mate <laughs> look i'm actually gonna disagree i think the you prime the home? prime winner was the dweg home yep. uh with far and away the most dominating force, at least in our little local meta, was the Dweg. Mm. Um, and, and and I guess, you know, you've said Spy. Spy was definitely a second second pick, and, and they were strong, no doubt about it. But, yeah, Dweg, Dweg was something else. Um, and and yeah. <laughs> Especially back in the old 1.1 uh, or uh, 1.0 days, whichever one you want to refer to it as, uh, exactly. you know, pre pre-eruption uh, FAQ, basically. Uh, exactly. It's the easiest way to put it. Um, yeah, the, the Dweg home definitely ruled um, our first sort of foray into Conquest here. Mm. Um, they were incredibly powerful, and that was just with base releases as well, that they mm -hmm. were able to, to just steam ahead and just sit in a really commanding position in the, the, the tier chart, if you, if you want to use the term that's probably most widely recognized. Yes, no, and, and I don't think we're going to succumb to that, uh, the inevitable YouTube, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> tiered chart on YouTube, your, your oh, S tier. Yep. I, don't, I don't think we're going there. I don't think we're that kind of show. We're, I'd like to think we're refined and we have class, although, you know, there are some plenty of lovely people that do that, so apologies. Um, <laughs> I think with, we're I think too lazy. The point, let's be frank. Let's be frank. We're too lazy. We're too, too... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think with five factions, it's a little bit difficult to rate them from S to D tier. Um, I've, I mean, obviously, we've had plenty of discussions about it in the past, um, and I'm sure we will in the future as things release. But um, yeah, I, no, I agree, mate. I, it's It was a toss-up because the Spire were really, really powerful really early on. Then we had the Rise mm. of the Dweg Home. And now we're sort of entering into a category where Spire are getting really powerful once more in regards to how our how our locals play. Um, yeah. And then there's the the you know the the black sheep, which is the Nords who just sort of float around. And then even the hundred K, like they've been getting a lot of play lately, and they've been doing quite well. But I think I still think that everything like the Spire and the Dweg Home especially ekes them out. Uh, the Nords have a terrible matchup nine times out of ten against hundred K. Um, but at the same time, I think that, yeah, the, the Dweg home especially were, were the business when we first sort of started up. Yeah. Yeah. When we started up, Dweg's, Dweg's had, had the money, uh, Spires could give them a run, but usually couldn't quite get over the well-piloted list. Mm. And I think, I think we could both agree that it was due to a combination of several things. And you say a eruption being... So as good as it was, and look, there's no doubt about it, the eruption was was disgusting, and 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 
right, rightfully so deserved its its um, you know destruction into the depths of the nether regions um <laughs> because it was it was woo it was something um but i i actually think it was the change to another spell that brought about its demise i mm. think the prime change to the dweg occurred when they faq'd the spell uh, roots of stone mm. to not include a charge action Ah, uh, as in you can't perform a charge? Because you, you, you can't actually charge with Roots of Stone in the current FAQ. Exactly. Yeah. So before they FAQ'd it, what you could do... Ah, oh, sorry, yep, root... I get you. I've, I've been thinking offensive Roots for so long, but you're thinking defensive Roots with the defensive ability to charge. Defensive Roots. Yep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and, and and for those who are wondering, it's, it's I, I understand where Brees' brain went. Uh, we are in the process of proofreading and providing feedback on a rules, big rules change. Um, so please forgive us as we mentally dance around potential changes and potential gymnastics. Um, yep. So if we take, if we sound like silly buffoons, it's because we are ex executing functions of which our brains have no right to execute. Too, um, way too many rule sets to begin with, let alone two <laughs> versions of the same rule set. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I honestly think, mate, that the, the, the I call it the destruction of the dweg or, or the falling from grace was mm. before the change, you could, it, it was unbelievably great. You know, Roots of Stone, as the fluff, obviously, you gave plus two defense to a unit. It was almost certain to cast with a sorcerer. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen it fail um, with a base, you know, base six dice, and all you need is a one success on a four. You know, oh, that's magic red. Magic Retinue, it's base seven dice. It's there you yeah, go. It, not failing. The, likely, the likelihood of, I've seen a sorcerer fail once. Um, but that has always been offensive spells, never defensive spells. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what you the play was essentially, you know, the, the, the text behind it was once you get Roots of Stone on you, you could never, you, you couldn't move. Um, and you couldn't combat reform and that sort of thing. But what you mm. could do is there was no ruling in regards to charge. So yeah. you could really just have no debuff whatsoever and yet get this almost unbreakable wall of warriors or mm. even more disgustingly, uh, flame berserkers. Yep. Or another another really good tactic was throwing infernal automata up and then brute yeah. stoning them. Um, so that and because they're super fast with their eight inch move, you could then you know basically get a twelve inch charge. Um, yeah. you know, looking at an average of a four on a dice, um, and you'd be defense five, resolve, I think they're resolve three, but four wounds From each me. and inflicting aura of death. So you just throw them up the board and then they charge in and they're super defensive. And yeah, they're just, yeah. yeah. But just yeah, the hold, warrior, the hold warriors and the flame berserkers is probably, or was probably more the aim, but the infernal mm. automata were great to just lock something down hard. And I agree with you. And look, the spell just had such flexibility because it had no restriction on who it was cast on. They could be fast, they could be slow, they could be infantry, they could be brutes, whatever it was. Um, the All the sorcerer had to do was sit behind and and do his thing. And essentially, as well, the a change to, um, I guess, the rules text that hurt Dweg sorcerers was the change to offensive spells being having to have line of sight. Mm. Um, you know, because, you know, the... the, the, the in the heyday of old, I know we're 
it's not that long ago, but but <laughs> before you didn't have that. So you could just hide behind your front unit that you just buff with Roots of Stone. No one's getting through that, and you're just double casting flame, um, flame, yeah. flame, flame, flame on, um, and, and not much is surviving that. That's that's a battle of attrition that no one's really winning. So that was a, a combo that dominated our local scene um and you know from the sounds of it the world over uh, mm. because it was it was very strong but take away the take away the you know change the line of sight rules take away the strength of eruption you know dweg because they were they flew too so close to the sun my man they had the icarus curse um and they have been dropping nerf by nerf if i'm being honest um you know every rule that has come out has seemed to have just hit them quite hard so um across the nine months so you know that we're sort of casting this look on the the fact that you can now no longer charge while rooted so essentially because you're slow you now can't charge after you get it so you can't even sort of reposition so you literally have to be there first and then get rooted um which is actually really hard to do in practice you could do it and it's still a play and when it happens it's good but it's much harder to achieve now than it was before. So some often, quite often, you know, you just won't take it because it's it's just too hard to guarantee in a game with faster yep. opponents. Yeah, exactly. And I've um I've been playing around with that Roots of Stone and using it as an offensive ability where you cast it on an enemy unit. So the enemy unit gets more defensive, but it can't move mm. or charge. Mm. But the amount of times it came up because it's quite short range as a spell was it almost made it barely worthwhile so yeah it was um it's been an interesting sort of like that one wording change completely spun that spell on its head um and it's quite an expensive spell to run for the for the sorcerer um especially when you compare it to the more offensive spells like things like fireball or coruscation or flame wall that are all really good offensive spells Mm. um and then yeah, you've got Roots of Stone, which is it's like the it's like the little the the, the kid the, the kid that gets picked last in dodgeball almost like it's it's a it'll it'll eventually get used, but whether it comes up more often than not, especially for like us here, like I don't think I've seen anyone use the Roots of Stone for probably that entire period since the FAQ. Yeah, I think it's I think as soon as the FAQ hit, people tried it and were like, oh, that doesn't work anymore. Oh, okay, change change tack um yep. because essentially that the, the play was gone so it is i mean and, and you know different game systems uh, as you well know reese you know the there is in some armies there's the play mm. that is easy to pull off and results in a thing doing a thing that wins a game um so therefore the play is done and then when the, the play is nerfed and and you know you have to sort of find a new play and so with yep. dweg it seems like they can still do work um it seems like they've definitely shifted to a um, to sort of a spell, not sh- I say shifted. Uh, they've maintained the spell casting meta in that the sorcerers. I feel like the sorcerers are the ones that can compete with the current big boys. Mm. In a different way, they can't really do the the roots of stone thing anymore. But it's more about the the less op, but just more consistent fire spells backed up yep. with the, the infantry that they've got. But I think that the main problem uh, Dwegs have now. Is that they just they're expe- all, all the old problems that they had were there, but now they just don't have the shiny OP plays to sort of take the gloss off. So mm. the, they're slow, 
they're expensive, they've got no way to reinforce their reinforcement roles, they've got minimal access to flank. It, you can do it, but again, it's very expensive and, and, and the play is, is, is far harder than other armies of, of equivalent. Yep. And unfortunately, what it results in is just a, a pretty hard time. I mean, they're, once they're on the table and in position and, and ready to roll, they're great. But yeah. you, you've got armies that can do that, but just two turns earlier. <laughs> or if you're you Nords, you can do it turn one. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where I think, and I think that's why we started seeing a few less Dweg players, a few more Spire and Hundred Kingdoms players, with mm. those armies being super easy to buy into using the core box and like all the specials um, that Parabellum runs, or like the deals you can get, um, just you know, in general, like whether it be at an LGS or anything like that um getting into those two armies is really good and i think the spire and this is why i said spire at the start is like the spire have so many ways to deal with some of the really really strong stuff like mm. they can easily deal with household knights for 100k because yep. of deadly shot uh and deadly blades like the easy access to it they can easily deal with light chaff units because of how fast the abomination is they can easily just hold up a, a, a whole army using cheap as force grown drones and healing them back. Um, and, you know, they've got some of the best archers in the game, whether it be with the Vanguard clone infiltrators or the marksman clones, and easy access to both of those units. Um, and those units are fairly cheap for what they do. And again, like the, the, these um, descriptors rely on the, the deadly blades, deadly shots. Um, uh, ruling, which I can let you guys know is changing. Um, we haven't got full 100% clarification as to exactly where it's going, but we're testing it. Um, and it is changing. Um, and it will be less oppressive, I think, is the easiest way to put it, than it currently is. Um, especially for things like, uh, like, because Deadly Shot against things like Trolls, Bow Chosen, Uger, um, you know, you get into the, the, the like Inferno Automata, um, anything with multi wounds just gets shredded. Um, Click delete. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be a lot less oppressive than that. Um, but it'll still be a really good rule, which is, you know, the best part about a balance change. If something changes and changes in a way where it's still usable, that's exactly what you want. So, exactly. yeah. And I think Usable that's but why, not oppressive. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, and it'll, it'll, like honestly, I don't think Spire is going to move a whole lot from where they currently sit in the meta with that change because they're still going to have, you know, all these really good units, these really good synergies, these really good combos, um, and it's all of that that helps them really play well on the field. Yeah, I look, I agree with you. Spire's rose from. The 1.03 update like a phoenix from the ashes they <laughs> emerged from under the dwegum thumb and they became the bird they were born to be um, and that is the domination machine that we've seen for the last circa six months yeah um however long it's been probably more <laughs> um it's they've, they've been very good very good for a long time um and, and look, and for good reason, as you said, you know, when the game first first started, there were four base factions. Uh, there were two factions that basically worked 
uh, essentially with character, with, with, with buff synergies. And there were two factions that worked, I guess, on the strength of their individual units uh, with some sort of um, supporting going along the way. Um, you know, uh, and that the Dweg and the Spire were the buff synergies. And then the 100k and the Nords were the strength of the individual units. By and yeah. large, obviously, that's that's a gross simplification. Um, now, Dweg was so good because the, the 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 synergies were were amazing, and then the synergies got got reduced in power level. All of a sudden, the Spire comparatively just whoosh, straight up because the, the synergies didn't change. Nothing got touched for them. In fact, they got better with the 1.03 retinues and masteries. No one got out of retinues and masteries better than the Spire because yeah. they just got double cast. They yeah. got Plague Lord, even though it was immediately nerfed, it was still brilliant. Um, they yeah, got that, an amazing that abundance. Of, that of, couple, of, <laughs> couple of weeks where it was at its prime, man. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Let's not talk about those. They were they were dark times. As a Spire yeah. player, I can tell you they were dark times. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they 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 have so many disgusting ways to to win the game. Um, if we, if you had sort of cast your eye to just recently, um, you know, they've got so many ways to win. They've got so many different viable builds um, that some of the other armies may not have. They've got uh, essentially uh, builds built on biomancers, which are, are very effective. They've got builds built on brutal efficiency. So you're looking at the likes of, um, and I know this has sort of taken some some recent uh, recent releases into the mix, but sort of Avatara. So you can have a list built on Avatara with a little bit of range support that doesn't so much focus on the spell casting, but more about the just the brutal efficiency and value of the units, what they bring. Yep. Just compete with anyone. Compete with anyone, yeah. dominate anyone. They're so good. So good lists. Um you know, you've got lists. I know a friend of ours, Nick, just recently ran um, a list with what? What did he run? 28, 28 32 stands of full screen drones? Um, what was it? I lost, I lost count. I lost count after twenty, mate. Um, drones, yeah. drones for days. Drones just, <laughs> just as, just as complete objective blocking rubbish. Get in the way. Weight of dice when I'm unstabled. Uh, disgusting and then three abominations or something silly uh yeah. yeah essentially a list built on denial a denial list a, a board control list that was was amazing uh yeah. completely left field um so yeah look i think it's all we really need to say on the spire they were the, the top top dog um i think with the changes that we've seen we can't give away spoilers but i have a sneaky suspicion they're gonna still be pretty good um if not maybe as dominating as we've seen, which is good. I think that's a, that's a really good thing. I think they're, they're going to be a little bit more, a bit more challenged to win with um, while maintaining some great combos. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're not losing anything, which is always, again, like I said just before, the best part about a balance change. Um, they're just getting different ways to play. Um, mm. And the synergies are going nowhere, which is always good. Indeed. So then we go into... The plucky underdog, the <laughs> grizzled veteran, or the seasoned veteran in this case, um, with the sea of average Joes, you know, Dave in the front line waving a shield going, is it time to fight? The 100k. <laughs> I do they... believe there was a um, there was a, a running thing on the Discord I saw today where all of the uh, 100k are now referred to as Alan, 
So I don't, I don't know whether that'll uh, that'll stick, but it, it did give me a chuckle over my morning coffee. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not Alan, that's Steve. That is. Um, <laughs> um, look, the hundred k, I think, definitely has gotten, and I've, I see this constantly on Facebook. I see this on Discord, although I'm not as active on the Discord as I used to be. The hundred k gets this absolute underdog vibe. This tough to win with vibe you know i'm just see i see it uh, i responded to it just just the other day on facebook so i'm saying how do i win with 100k every bat rep i see um is just struggle street mm. and i must admit it, it's it's a little difficult to understand because i know that you share this view mate we we see as 100k is quite strong um yep. and it's it it is it's one of those ones where maybe it's based on on previous armies that we played in different games, but it's an army that we've both seen do very well in the local scene, but it's taken, you know, you almost have to take a different approach to the other armies. I don't think you're going to win uh, with 100k on brute force alone. Mm. It's a it's it's a it's a master of all. Sorry, it's a jack of all trades, master of none army. So, you know, it's like you've really got to play the objective you've got to understand what your units do understand understand when to sacrifice them and at what point during the game and yep. how to essentially leverage your collective strength to outmaneuver your opponent so you're you're definitely some of its past is greater than you you know one or two death star units um yep. and, and, and i, I think, think that's, that's where they shine yeah i was gonna say i think that's exactly right with the 100k I, they i rate them as probably the most versatile of the armies because every single unit can do something a little bit differently and mm. all of them are pointed rather efficiently there's a couple i think that are either a little bit high or a little bit low for what they should probably be sitting at but you know 90 percent, i would or even probably closer to 95 percent of that army list is exactly where it needs to be for points efficiency and mm. rules efficiency as well they're all they all have a reason like you know mm. you want to run this crazy devout you know theocracy list like bam feast priest you run like your sicario and you know hammer and tongs up the, i mean hammer and tongs is a bit of a stretch because they're slow but at the same time, it's like, you know, you just have a wave of dudes running across the board. They're all really cheap for what they do. You want to run noble stuff. You've got your men-at-arms. You've got your legion stuff. You've got your cavalry. You've got your orders coming out. Um, everything can be run, and everything actually synergizes quite well with its sort of, like, father figure, like whether it be the Thief Priest or whether it be the Noble Lord or whether it be the Imperial Officer um, or the Priory mm. Commander. All of it actually works warband to warband. Um, and it'll only get better in 1.5. So it's, it's one of those things where the army is honestly probably one of the most balanced armies. I would say the Wadrun is the most balanced army. And, you know, I've, <laughs> we, we totally built that, um, you know, all on us. Like, that's fine. But um, the... From the ground up. <laughs> from Peace the ground up. Um, 
we we can take no responsibility for how good that army list is to be 100 percent honest um but the uh, i mean we rolled some dice and, and talked some crap and that was really about it but the um the 100k are in a really good spot because everything works and if it doesn't look mm. like it works there's something in the army that'll make it work and that's all it is. It's just finding finding these wicked little synergies that work. So Ado, uh, who was on our last episode, um, he is an avid 100k player at the minute. Uh, I mean, he he you know he took a moment to uh, to run Nords in our tournament, but he's been uh, generously mopping the floor with me using his 100k and everything the army does works because it just goes, oh, what's that unit do? Oh, it's here to do this. Oh, sick. You know, you got a unit of mercenary crossbowmen for 105 points to just sit there, set a reinforcement line just in case, and pepper some shots at people. Oh, you got a little unit of men at arms sitting there just to grab a home objective. Oh, you got a big block of gilded legion or steel legion or household guard or, you know, household knights or something. What's that? Oh, it's either a hammer or an anvil. And it just works like that. And it all comes on the board because the 100k have the easiest access to flank for a lot of their units because of the, hunt, the Imperial Officer and the Tactical 3 retinue. Um, it's bonkers. Like, the army just works. <laughs> and I think you've just pointed to the number one reason why the stocks on 100k went up. Mm. 1.03 retinues and masteries change. So before this retinue and mastery change, I would actually agree with a lot of the naysayers. 100k was a tough slog. They wanted yep. to. They had great ideas of grandeur. They wanted to do what they wanted to do, and they could all do it well. They were all different pieces of a puzzle, but putting it all together was quite a challenge. It would come off some games, and other games you'd fall flat and feel like you did the sum total of absolutely stuff all. Come 1.03 the change to retinues and masteries. And, and you know, through – I'm going to credit Ado for our local scene because I, I think he's a fantastic player and, and, a, and a lovely man. Um, and he'll blush when I say that, but he's, he's, he's a lovely guy. And, um, he's experimented diligently. We've had discussions about 100K. We know some other local scene have jumped into that sort of tactical melting pot. And it's really stemmed. I think the success has built, been built on the Imperial Officer and just spoiler alert, that won't go away. Um, just yeah. hold on to your hats for the Imperial Officer people. Um, <laughs> stonks, way up. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, once he got access to guaranteed flank for a relatively cheap price and combined that with the very undercosted yet unreliable Steel Legion and Gilded Legion, those units respectively went bananas in value so yep. they went whew, sky high suddenly the 100k had the hammer that was reliably coming in turn three that they always needed but could never get yep exactly suddenly, you know that, that, they already the had big thing. yeah 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 i mean they already had the anvil they already had the harassing shooting they already had the cheap chaff and they already had the outmaneuvering of the household knights they just didn't have that reliable punch punch that other armies had that they could bring to bear on the objective and start to bring home the late game um but all of a sudden they got that um and then so once once armies in our local meta started tooling into the combinations of the imperial officer and, and some combinations of the um of the the noble lord i think the household uh, the household guard as well was a key component of that you know relatively uh we say mid recent release you know wasn't too long ago um but they saw a, a definite upswing 
in terms of 100k utility on the table. Really solid mediums, real good synergies, run them at a big block, upgrade them to the nines, and there you go, just go ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then that, that again, flipped on its head as much as we slagged them off early with the Gilded Legion because mm. of that guaranteed flank. You're not paying all of those points to then, mm. on a dice roll, see if it comes in in time to actually win you the game or participate in the game at all. Um, yep. Which was always the big... Th- that was our big deal when we discussed them during the faction focus, is like the biggest issue with heavies, and it's still an issue, still is an that issue. if they if they don't come on realistically turn three, so they can get in position turn four and contribute turn five... They're, not, they're, they're just wasting points. And mm. when you then run the Imperial Officer, who is so cheap, and then you slap is tactical 50 points, you slap 55. 50 points, there you go, 55 points on top of him to guarantee your 150 plus point unit of Gilded Legion to automatically appear on the board turn three. He can draw event, double time them, so they just run up the board as, as you know, as far as you expect if they came on turn one and bam you're in position this unit's going to contribute to the game and that completely um uh invalidates everything that we said bad about them because it made them consistent and that's always the big issue and it's it's we we still talk about to this day is like if it doesn't have a a way of getting onto the board by probably turn four like guaranteed by turn four then it is just not gonna contribute enough to make you any benefit, uh, make you any profit or benefit you in any way on the board. Um, and the IO with all, all of his the goodness that he brings is exactly what you need. Uh, yeah, it, it changed completely. Exactly uh, everything you said times a hundred. Um, we were we were I've got to say it a hundred percent valid in our <laughs> assessment at the time. Mate. We'll um, never take back anything we said because I one, we will. probably don't remember what we said, and two, you, we've everybody's heard it, and we'll just we'll just you know blame uh, blame ignorance on it. It's fine. I mean, I already <laughs> I already got a tattoo on my butt cheek, Guild of Legion poo poo. Um, <laughs> but but no, look, they they obviously you know as the game evolves and and quite rightly, um, units come to the four and then they drop backwards and they come to the four again as the game goes on you know this game will thank goodness continue for a long long time because they have a dedicated team and uh and and have a growing fan base and you know long long live the game and and you know that's what we want to see and and hopefully this podcast survives long enough for us to cover multiple iterations of, of rising and falling Oh, but, I'm sure they'll. I'm know, sure they'll get sick of us at some point, mate. They'll throw us oh, out. Eventually, the eventually, eventually they'll say, you know what? Just pack your pack your shitty, you know, two dollar microphone up and out you go. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll let us. They'll let us out of the basement that day too. But until then, this is what we have to live with. Look, they <laughs> feed me chicken parmigianas. I'm quite happy. Give me my Mexican yep. parmi all, all day long. Um, we're not, bi- anyway, we're not biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Never have we been more wrong about a unit, and that's fantastic. They've changed, and all of a sudden, the 100k are a viable unit. So, look, 100k, I can't stress enough how flexible they are. And look, you, you made a really good point, Reese. You know, you talked about them being the most versatile army and the most balanced. And for some people, that might be a tactical challenge. You know, they're an army that isn't immediately obvious out of the box, and they're an army that needs 
reps on the table in order to unlock their potential and you need to get your time with the army to understand how each unit contributes you know what does that unit do the units aren't good enough in the in the 100k to be multi-purpose they have a specific tool and they do that job well but if you ask them to do something outside of that tool then they will fall um so you know if you're asking 100 if you're asking um um men at arms to do damage you're laughing because yeah. they can't do it and you're you're fuming at the table going I, i've got this six stands and they just like cleared two drones and you're like well yeah because that's not their role mate um but if, they, you're, they can't. if you want a unit that's defense five and resolve five with character in it men at arms <laughs> yeah they're on they're unreal uh, so so every, every unit has its place and it's all about how you bring it all together in the wonderful soup that is the underdog race of man so that's 100k in a nutshell i think it rose massively with the changes to the rules of 1.03 it will continue to have uh, you know to evolve as the rules change uh, and because they have such a wide variety of what you could probably say is brutally efficient units for their cost long may that reign um, I think they'll be at a forefront of changes in the rules because they they have an answer to every situation. Yeah, and that's not including the uh, changes. So we all know, and if you don't, then welcome, um, that all of the existing armies are getting their own army special rule. So it's just a rule that blankets across your army just for existing. You know, thanks for coming to the party. Here you go. Um those rules are really going to change how all these armies play, but the 100k will still play the same. They just get more good. Mm, mm. And like maybe three different, four different ways of playing the same units, just different ways. Like they, they, they almost get Woodrun level of, 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 of um, adaptability. Uh, to the task at hand. So yeah, if you're a 100k player, just get that smile, make it beam a little brighter. Because whoo, here we go. Uh, but I think that's enough on 100k. Let's yeah. let's segue into the Vikings from the north. Uh, the those are Mannheim, the, the Nords. <laughs> oh, and what beastie boys they are! And your personal favorite army, my man. They definitely are, at least until the city-states come, and then I might have to sell my soul a little bit. But until that moment, the Nords are definitely my number one. I've got my little, my or my, my big foam finger and my little pom-poms. Um, but the the Nords are great. It was really good to see them go off at the last tournament we ran here. Um, seeing three Nords in the top four was amazing. Um, just seeing them really compete was good. Um, the tactics the guys have managed to get down packed with them um, over the last six months has been phenomenal. Huskars really helped. Bochosen really helped. Trolls, they they help. They're there. I would say that they're, that they're probably not what we expected um, on the tabletop, but that's honestly for the most part due to the way our meta works um, with you know a lot of deadly shot um, from Spire and a lot of uh, units that are a little bit more flexible than uh, or, or strong enough to withstand the, the pool noodles that the trolls hit people with when they charge. Um, it, it probably was a little bit underwhelming, but they still do exactly what you want them to do. Like I had a unit of three trolls hold up basically one side of the board against a spire's army. 
and then they just got deadly shotted into non-existence. But that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, the, all of the, the newer releases have definitely helped pick the army up. Because uh, on release, I think you'll agree with me here, Monty, they were basically unplayable. Um, when you had access to basically uh, your blooded your Yarl Raiders and Stalkers, uh, plus the Mountain Yotnar, you couldn't really do anything with them at all. No, uh, I think we agree there. I think <laughs> early, early Nords, uh, early Nords, it was a look, it was a lesson, I think, and I think we could both agree parable have shown that they actually have learned from that um and sensational great mm. army units that will become the core of the woodrun list forever regardless of change regardless of highs and lows uh whereas uh with the um the dords i think yeah raiders and stalkers um i think it's a little bit of take it or leave it uh, you could have them but you know you might not want them uh whereas i think with <laughs> with Madrid, they've released right away and you're like wow okay boom you can't not leave home without them um yeah. so yeah i feel I, I did feel for people who who saw the models because they're brilliant models pushed in hard for them um and again you know as we've said multiple times in the show things rise and fall um don't I guess early early Nords were were a tough slog, um, and continued in that vein for quite some time, much to your chagrin, my man. Uh, the Uga came out, and we thought they would be a punch, 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 and they are. But mm. you said it yourself: Spire was everywhere, Deadly yep. Shot was everywhere. Uga became a liability than an actual help. Yep, exactly. They they just did not. They didn't put in enough work. They they weren't fast enough to match the ranged firepower of marksmen or the speed that unstable enhancement gives anything in the spire list. So they couldn't really get the initiative a lot of time. Um, and yeah, you just you, that compounded on the fact that the rest of your army fell over to a stiff breeze. Um, yeah. Uh, and so you were just, you were really, you know, th this was the first release since the launch of the, the Nords and the army just didn't get the pick me up that it needed. But then that all changed because the next release was the Huskarls and that completely, Ooh, yeah, that completely changed the way that the Nords worked because now you have that unit that can be your anvil. Um, it was cheap. It, it had a really high clash stack. It was really, really points efficient to add things like Bastion, and they get the plus one resolve from the Scald. Um, plus, you know, putting a Jarl in there and making him either tactical or combat meant it was a really good house for things. A thing that played around a lot in our meta was um, running another unit of Huskars and seeking a Blooded into them, because the Blooded couldn't take anything shy of Stalkers before that. Um, so then you were just seeking him out of the really fragile Stalkers and putting him into a unit where he could live and do damage, because the Huskars don't do a lot of damage. Sure, they have a really high Clash stat, but they don't have any Cleave, they don't have any... Um, like Brutal Impact or, or anything special like that. They're just some dudes with Clash 3 base. So it just gave the Blooded somewhere to, to spin up and become the, the Blender Lord that he became um, for a really points-effective 
unit and because they're medium they could score which was another problem with the nords is from release you couldn't score an objective except with your characters and the mountain yotnar then the uga came in and they could score but you kind of wanted them running ahead doing damage um but then you also kind of wanted your characters to do that but then none of the units your characters could go in were any good to keep them alive and you just sort of ended up in this this Ouroboros just, you know, a continuous cycle of not exactly working the way it should. Huskals fixed that, which was great. And then they added the trolls and the bow chosen. So your bow chosen finally gave you that like effective ranged firepower. I mean, stalkers are good, but the, the, the output from bow chosen was so much more effective, especially mm-hmm. against things like Dweg and 100k, because if you can get that precise shot ability to proc on when you roll ones to hit with them, it just it, it meant that the defense 5 plus stuff didn't matter anymore. And that was a problem, because even though Nords have so much access to Cleave 2 um, to begin with, and Cleave 1 on the Mountain Yotna, they you you couldn't get through armor any other way like you don't have any spells to do it i mean we forgot to mention that the shaman existed but i mean he's probably not really worth a mention for the most part anyway yeah so, let's, let's, let's move right along um <laughs> so it's like you had you had no like where the dweg the dwegs could cast spells to just blitz through armor you didn't have that as a nord player so you relied on the uga which they could do it but because they have high clash and they have high cleave but they have no defense against anything that was sort of designed to kill them. Um, you know, defense two, resolve two. I'm, they might be resolve three. It's been a while since I've played them, to be honest. Um, they, it's just, they're not defensive. So a unit of marksman clones just sit at 28 inch range or whatever the hell those things have and just kill an Uga or two every turn um, for free. And it was bonkers. But the Huskals fixed it. The Bow Chosen fixed it more because you had that ranged pressure you could do now. And then the Trolls gave you mm. that that flanking medium you could use to score um, and to harass because Speed 7 um, is just crazy fast when you start throwing it on a board. Absolutely. Absolutely. All fair points. Everything you said, big, <laughs> big, ticks, big ticks from me. All fair points. I've, I've got nothing to to uh to conject with um in terms of my my two cents as i said i completely agree the the early game was rough they get uga but uga wasn't what they needed at that time i feel like uga really been pushed out um till after husker substance and some 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 math that i'm um you know you can have your 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 Uga the ten twos for defensive zero evasion. They go over to a stiff breeze, especially with deadly shot in the meta. Yeah, it's, I think to the first instance of hero hammer that we. Oh, I'm I'm back. Yes, you're back. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I, I I in my end I, I disconnected for a little bit. <laughs> um, so I think the Huskars gave right to the first issue of, of, of Hero Hammer that we've really come to know in this game, um, and that you adequately put uh, the Blooded Seeking into Huskars, the Tooled Up Yarl in Huskars. Suddenly you have a Defense 4, Resolve 4, Block of Nope that's going nowhere, that's contributing more than equivalent Blocks of Nope in other armies. 
because mm. they've got impact hits, they've got base clash of three, they're going nowhere, they're cheap. And suddenly you've got this blooded that's just doing a thousand hits at cleave 700, um, wiping, wiping entire regiments out in his own. The Huskars are like, yeah, he's our man, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and the Blender Lord was born. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, yep. the Blender Blooded. Um, so essentially, that was that. So Huskars made a big improvement, but the Nord still lacked something. They they had these fantastic tools. They had this blooded with the most outrageous supremacy ability in the entire game. I'm, I'm, I still think it's absolutely number one. The ability to auto flank is just priceless. But they, he just didn't have the tools to auto flank, the real power pieces that would fully take advantage of that incredible supremacy. Enter the mix, trolls and bow chosen and yep. i think it's no surprise that the meta has changed the way it has in terms of um in terms of the results i mean the recent tournament i think what the top out of the top four i think the top three were nords weren't they i um, uh, went it went nord nord dweg nord so yeah there you uh, go there dave you go. snuck so, in there with his dweg <laughs> flame on dave um so it really I think that's quite indicative of, of 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 what the recent releases have given them. Um, and I know that you poo-pooed the Nord a lot in the beginning, and I know I joined you, but recently they've shown not dominance because they were all hard-fought battles, but absolutely they have the tools to do the job at hand. And it's it's sometimes it's about taking your foot off the gas and looking at the a broader picture, and Nords play the objective just better than anyone guaranteed flank on four units and now suddenly those four units are banger units they're mm. blooded which are fantastically staying power they can just hold the board down for days as you've already said the bow chosen are just the range supremacy that the nords were crying out for that that answer to the marksman um and to a lesser extent the ballista but you know, no one really writes home about the ballista um yeah mainly the marksman um <laughs> <laughs> you know that that nord nord sort of entry like yeah we can compete at this level now obviously they still suffer from the challenges of being very expensive um mm. but you do get a lot for those point costs so it, it, it sort of probably does balance out on the table um and suddenly they've got the ability to then have that anvil and have that objective play and then have that four-man uger unit just flanking from the side and cause havoc you know, absolutely wreck someone's day. So they've now got the tools to be janky. Whereas mm. before, they couldn't be janky because they just didn't have the meat and potatoes. They didn't have the components of a successful list. So then yeah. they could sort of overlay that that fire and advance shenanigans and, and all the stuff that, that we go, oh, tingles. Um, <laughs> they just didn't have it. But now they do. They've got the tools. And the tools are just going to get stronger. I think the challenge for the Nords moving forward is finding more than one way to play because and i think you'll agree with me mate there's a very successful nord build that will challenge any army but it's mm. a cookie clutter it is one way to play um tooled yeah, up think, Pascals, tooled yeah, especially, up bloodied, you know yeah especially with our meta uh every single nord player came to a very similar conclusion at mm. least for the at least for the core of your army which like you said is it's a yarl with huskulls 
and then you have a blooded giving you access to bow chosen and trolls and then from there you had a little bit of leniency we had a list with the giant or a mountain yacht now sorry we had a list with uga it was it was sort of like it's but the 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 very when you break it down the core of each army list was very very similar in the sense of it was a tooled up yarl with huskals kitted to the nines and then whether there was another unit of huskals or not sort of came down to that you know that extra bit that i mentioned and then you had a blooded um whether he was tooled up to go with trolls or whether he was tooled up to sit in bow chosen um depending on whether you wanted him ranged or combat is basically what it came down to and then you had units of trolls you had the units of bow chosen and you went from there and then any points you had left over went into that that extra bit whether it be more huskals a mountain yotna or uga and that was how you built your list it's still how you build your list um there's yeah. and, and and that's we've just come off the back of talking about hundred kingdoms where you can play the army in so many different ways but the nords if they want to compete don't have so many different ways to build you are you are very sort of shoehorned into what you need to play because otherwise you are really going to struggle um things like raiders things like stalkers realistically i don't think i've seen them on the board for an eternity unit of stalkers you see every now and then because they've got flank they've got vanguard they're you know they're fairly cheap and they they can do a bit of damage which is good um i mean they're still an expensive unit when you look at what they actually do but for nords they're fairly cheap um raiders are pants like there's you're basically running them if you want to handicap yourself more and you're already fairly handicapped being nords in the first place so it's yeah but and that's the thing is like there is it's almost cookie cutter like monty said for what your list will be just due to the nature of the beast that you're playing yes absolutely and look yeah as i said before it's the challenge will be um the you know parabellum designing multiple fans of lists you know not fans of lists i mean sort of like vectors 10 points 1500 points of your 2k right itself um mm. if you want to do decent if you want to do decent in a game against some tooled armies the first 1500 points writes itself every day every day all day um and there's no choice and then you have a little bit of flavor, a little bit of flexibility, but the ability to, to play and to stamp your authority and your unique play style is just that last little little sprinkle on top. Mm. So I'm not saying the Nords can't compete. I think they're absolutely brutal if run mm. in the cookie-cutter way that we've come to know and love. Um, yep. So that's that's it. If you don't want to run that, they're, they're not great. If you do, yeah. if the, you do um, yeah. the creators to then push it forward, create multiple arcs whereby you know different unique subsets different unique identities on the table because you have that inspire you literally can play seven different ways mm. um and they could all be valid and they could all yep. be completely different so it, it, you know nords just need that um and once they get that they will be the faction that people think they will be and pff, there'll be no stopping them yep and keeping in tradition of what we've spoken about so far uh the changes coming in 1.5 for Nords are good. They there's still <laughs> some stuff that there's still some stuff that all that all sort of needs some looking at. But overall, the Nords will be in a very good position. Um, yeah, and two thumbs up it, for me. 
yeah and it's and it'll it, it's and like we were just saying is like you don't really have a lot of different ways to play them i mean we're gonna struggle a little bit as nord players because our releases are actually fairly limited at the moment um but with a couple more releases and these upcoming rule changes, you will have multiple ways to play the army that'll actually be viable compared to mm. putting 500 points, 1,000 points of models on the board and then mopping them up turn one before they do literally anything, a la Raiders. Um, so <laughs> it's, yeah, there, there, there's, there's hope on the horizon for more than sort of one or two Nord builds, if it were. Um, and that's just, that's exactly what you want in, in sort of, uh, the, the, the changing speed of a game is like having, you know, get, you get to play with all your toys. You don't just have a, yeah. you know, a, a box of, of models that you've built and painted, um, sitting on a shelf, gathering dust and never seeing the light of day because you, you know, that everything needs to have a reason and be viable and everything is getting there. Um, especially for the the Nord's army list. Um, mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, segue into the newcomers on the block. Um, yeah, exactly. So anybody who um, missed the uh, the latest hobby hangouts, um, I mean, I don't know if these were teased on the uh, American one that was, I think, maybe over a month ago, but the uh, the one that Parabellum ran for, for us uh, lucky uh, lucky ones over here in the Australian time zones um, was uh, really, really good, especially if you're an odd player, uh, which, like Monty said, is the greatest segue ever. So they did announce that <laughs> coming, um, coming through in August, uh, so August, September sort of area will be when it's uh, fully available. There is the King Conning Gear, the Nord Scald, and the uh, Artisan Series Ice Jotnar that'll all be uh, rocking up and able to play, uh, which is absolutely amazing. All the models look great. The bagpipes on the Scald was like the greatest touch I've ever seen. Uh, the King Conning for those, is... For, for those who don't, haven't, hasn't seen it, for those who haven't seen the Scald, he's basically a pissed off, you know, um, Nordish slash Scottish uh, themed. Uh, he's got bagpipes. <laughs> he's got tartan. Mate, yep. this guy is just, you know what? I'm in an army full of dudes and I'm just playing my pipes. And yep. here and... we go. Here we go. And it's a it's a unit <laughs> upgrade that goes in the Huskals. It's basically an auto take as soon as you take the unit in in more than three stands for the most part um the conning gear gives us access to another one of our heroes which is good because we've realistically only had the blooded and the yarl because as we mentioned before the shaman's pants and there's no point talking about him um so the conning who shall not be named <laughs> the conning gear gives us access to running all of the chosen units of which the only ones that exist at the moment are the bow chosen as mainstay and it'll give us access to all of the Yotnars, of which only the Mountain Yotnar is out, but the Ice Yotnar Artisan series, which is one of the most glorious models in existence, will also be out. So you'll be able to run Bow Chosen and Ice Yotnar with the King Conan gear. Um, the the dudes. All I can say, <laughs> all, all I can say for the Ice Yotnar is get ready to empty it while it's ladies and gentlemen. Get ready like, to just only... say. He's only a hundred euros. He's only a hundred euros. I'm happy. I don't even care what the get ready to say. Was. Here is the money. <laughs> Here is the money that I that I had. 
I bought some I bought some Yotna Yol. Um, that is is that good? The Artisan series Yotna is that good? I don't know if the Artisan series means that there will be an alternate sculpt available down the line. I assume that's the case. Um, I would imagine so, but I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. No, I, this is me just making stuff up, and and hell, you know, that's how the internet what was formed. Um, Seventy yep. percent <laughs> of the facts of the internet. Someone's just saying, I think that's the way it works. Um, so essentially, the the yeah, the ice yacht now. For those who haven't seen it, go online. It's on. You'll find it floating around the conquest uh, Facebook pages. Hell, hit me yep. up, and I'll I'll, um, I'll PM you a photo. Um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, fantastic sculpt. Uh, fantastic rules. They sort of leaked. We we we've got no idea. We haven't seen anything of this guy, but they did leak in that hobby hangout. Like you know, because he's a, um, because he's a he's both a wizard as well as uh, you know a beat stick. Uh, you know the the when we you know everyone's seen his sort of rules as they currently stand in the army build. Or most people have sort of looked at that and gone, okay, look, he's very good, but you can't do everything that you want him to do because. He's, you, you can either do be wizardy stuff or you could be beady stuff. You can't do both. Yeah. Um, whereas, ho, 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 I have a sneaky suspicion they, they are going to add additional actions onto him. So he can have, you know, I'd imagine they'll be doing something. You would, on you would hope so, yeah. Especially you would, you would with so. um, what is. Now, just, just before, well, before I forget, <laughs> only because I feel like it needs to be mentioned, the Artisan series was designed, I don't know if it was sculpted, but it was designed by Michael Contraros. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. Uh, so if anybody, it did, uh, but I'll if he, yeah, if he, if he ever hears this in some fashion, uh, kudos to you, man, because that sculpt is amazing. Um, but yeah, no, like Monty said, uh, it was sort of hinted at that the Ice Yacht now will be given the ability to cast a spell, um, as well as its normal two actions being a monster and a wizard. Um, because its spells really do help it. It's got a spell to increase its defense. It's got a spell to um, to debuff the enemy. And I think it's just got a flat damage spell as well as its last one. Yeah. Um, so it's got one that debuffs the enemy, one that uh, increases its defense, and one that just does damage, which is great. Um, and the, yeah, that model is going to be phenomenal. Um, and then we also had the Spires Strix get teased as well, which is the first flying unit for us to um, to get our grubby little mitts on. Um, and these guys, um, I forget who can use them in their warband. Is it a Ferromancer or is it a Biomancer? It is the Ferromancer my man. The Ferromancer hey. is the Strix man. Um, nice. Look, the Strix, the models look fantastic. They sort of had this fantastic... What was it like? A um, oh, Dorothy. What, what what am I thinking of with the um? Are you the thinking wizard, about the flying, Wizard of Oz? The flying monkeys Sorry. from the Wizard yeah, of Oz. Yeah, the flying monkeys. <laughs> they sort of had a flying monkeys vibe. They were they were brilliant flying monkeys with um you know this, this brilliant grotesque claws. Um, they're the first sort of models that we've seen that that truly have like a staggered height layering. Yes. So and that was they'll, um they'll that was confirmed sort of, as. That was confirmed as well as each model will sit higher and lower on the bases so that they can sit on a stand together because they are an mm. infantry unit. So there is four of them to a stand. And I love the way that they've done the wings sort of up and above as if they're sort of like they're in the midst of flapping because it does mm. give the, the unit a really sort of eerie look, which suits the fact that they're this weird, you know, amalgamation of parts and stuff, which is great. Um, well, so yeah, that's the... <laughs> Yes. Well, I mean, they will have the internet in a flap. 
um, oh, because <laughs> of of their roles on the table. Sorry, guys, um, it is late here now. Um, <laughs> it's the best I've got it that's, at this that's time. That's no excuse for terrible puns. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no, yeah no, look, they're, the... they're going to be amazing. They're going to be amazing for for the spire. I, I think they are going to to make some waves. I think they're going to open up. I mean, I don't know. It's silly, you know. The spire already have so many tactical tactical aces in the hole um this is just going to be another one for those who want to take advantage so the first flying unit in the game the first way to get speed flight over the over the screen or the anvil and into the meat and potatoes behind um it's going to be some interesting combinations i think yeah exactly and yeah having that first access to fly um and one of, actually no sh- uh, the the wardroom can do it with a unit upgrade but it's one of the first inbuilt lethal demise units as well um which will be really cool to see them on the board it gives the ferromancer another thing to run um so yeah it's going to get better and better um we still haven't seen the full width of what's coming at the end of the year um but we do know that yeah it's what we've just mentioned here Plus, there's also um, the Fenner Beast Pack. Uh, plus, um, the oh, what's the, there's one more thing. It's going to annoy me. There ah, it's the um, the Wadrun Chieftain, um, and there's a few other things. Plus, some other stuff that hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, still to come for the end of the year. So it's going to be really good. Um, and yeah, the end of 2021 will be fantastic for for new shiny toys. Um, and it'll get better again in 2022 when the old Dominions start to uh, creep themselves into existence. Yeah, I think the end of 2021 is going to be one of Christmas boxes you might not want to miss. <laughs> um, I know they did holiday bundles last year that were quite generous with regards to the savings and, and the particular deals. Um, that, that shan't be repeated, but I have a sneaky suspicion they shall indeed be repeated. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, the new releases are, are coming. I don't think they're going to shake up in a significant way based on, on the previous releases, um, but they're certainly going to add in some additional flexibility to the armies that's come. Yeah, The Strix, just... I think, is going to be the only one that, that changes something new. Hmm. Um, that ha- isn't really in the game yet. Um, but the yeah. other, you know, the skulls, you know, people were running him without the actual model. So that that's just a, a lovely, um, you know, uh, artis- artisan upgrade. Um, and hmm. then we've got the um, the conning gear, which which does does open up some some extra utility for the Nords, but certainly. But his true strength was when other of the chosen are then released in turn. Yeah, the, the Blade Chosen and the Steel Chosen all really amp the Conning Gear into existence. Um, yeah. Running the Conning Gear with a Bow Chosen, eh, it's a thing you can do, but I think they're, they're probably better suited being in the Blooded's Warband and the Conning... But, but being the only thing the Conning Gear can run this early on, um, if you wa- do want to run the Ice Yotnar, you'll you'll need to shuffle it around a bit. But it'll just give us a couple extra ways to play or, you know, muck around with as a Nord player. Gives us yeah. some extra toys. Um, the Fenner coming out at the end of the year will be another really good one, um, giving us access to our first cavalry unit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it'll just be... It, it'll just get better and better as we go. But, yeah, for sure, the 
the other the other the, the sort of key release coming soon will be those strix units for the spire to give you that like completely different way to play um compared to you know the the sort of bulk infantry um and or sort of monster and brute backup that the spire has been known for and used since inception definitely definitely and look the chief for the woodrun um i think he's a good little segue back into our previous segment um when we were talking about the meta i think the chief chief is going to be great i think he's going to a uh, similar to the conning gear his his potential will be unleashed when a few more of his warband is then released um further down the line uh hopefully not too long because he is a fellow that i want to run quite extensively uh, well the, I... the the word from the word from uh the parabellum themselves was that veterans should be early 2022 so um realistically uh that is a really good unit for the wadron chieftain to run is the veterans so uh, I, I didn't say they... veterans I, I i didn't say that at all i don't know what you're talking about I don't i'm i'm saying veterans um, <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah the, running the the wadron <laughs> chieftain with veterans will be a really good way to do it and they shouldn't be too far behind but i mean schedule might change a little bit but the the idea and and the dream um at that hobby hangout was that the veterans will release early 2022 um whether it be just before just after or during the old dominion launch so um, that's something else to look forward to especially if you're a wide room player all right guys that's uh basically our conversation about the new releases coming plus our sort of you know local meta discussion um please feel free to give us uh any of your feedback any of your thoughts how your community plays the game monty thank you very much for joining me mate it's always a pleasure and we'll catch you guys next time so thank yous see ya